0: Hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. I I had to start the show like that, Sin. I had to. We caught Endo totally off guard. What's Endo laughing about? For those of you watching on the video side of things you might be asking, you'll never know. But hello! Oh, again, gosh. it's us the guys, the fellas. That is the official tagline of this show. It will be on a t-shirt one of these days, I do promise. It is Toogie, joined alongside Mr. Sin for the win, and a dying on the inside Endo Mills. Sin, how are you doing while we give Endo a chance to, to mentally recover? Yeah,
1: I'm not dying on the inside. Um, I'm doing pretty good today. It's, uh, it's
0: a brand new brand new day. It's, it's a great day, dare I say. Mm.
2: Endo, how are you? I'm good. I can work now. Um, Rinks are open in the city of Toronto and Ontario, so I have like two games lined up over the next three days. So I'm going to be hella busy. Which is there great. You
0: Thank you. Again, if you were in the government. Greater Toronto area, contact Mr. Endo Mills if you need a, a lesser r- Toronto goaltender. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, that's the name of the show <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what? Just I've
1: just, like literally uh, never seen him play, and I just <laughs> chirped him openly. Oh, uh, what kind of friend am I?
2: Oh <laughs> God, that was. Uh... I, I got no comeback. <laughs> but,
0: uh... That could also be a shirt. It's just. <laughs> Lesser Toronto Golden. That was beautiful. What a way to start the show. God damn it. Everybody, of course, as always, right out of the gates here, we do want to mention that this show is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Make sure, of course, to visit Manscaped.com and use code TIGIA checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping to get everything. Of course, you you need that extra bit of motivation. There's that discount code. Go do what you have to do to take care of yourself. The pinnacle of male grooming, dare we say, with Manscaped, make sure again Code Toogie, 20% off Take care of your balls, take care of you You'll feel better about yourself And hey, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up We're 13 days away You want to make sure shit's in order And then you might be saying to yourself Well Toogie, doesn't matter for me Treat yourself though It's Valentine's Day, treat yourself Manscaped, shave your balls Whether or not anyone sees them or not Make sure if someone does that it's consensual. Manscaped. And also oh, <laughs> I got nowhere to go with the sad. Oh Will boy. this be the last manscaped spot that we ever do? <laughs> Potentially. I hope not, though. Uh, Of course, we also want to shout out our our friends at Thrive Fantasy as well. Again, you can click the link in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any podcast apps. You can click the link to get a match up to your first $100 uh, deposited at Thrive Fantasy, the number one place for player prop bets. What's the over-under on, say, Claude Giroux scoring a goal tonight? Connor McDavid, will he get stopped? Probably not, but player prop bets are the best. Like, I don't tend to be a betting man all that much. I gotta be honest, the hooks are starting to get set in a little bit. It's just something about that prop bet of just being like, hmm, David Posternock, will he score a goal tonight? Yes, it almost brings me back, essentially, to like the NHL hat trick challenge, which I loved doing back in the day. So it's just a beautiful thing. So again, a big shout-out to our friends at Thrive Fantasy, as well as Manscaped, for the worst ad reads I have ever done on this show. But yet they stick with us, because they're beautiful, beautiful people. (laughs) What a show. What a show so far. We could end it here, and it'd be one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah. But we won't end it here because we have some stuff to talk about here in the world of hockey and uh, the world of football as well. That's right. There's going to be another football segment. But before that, we wanted to get to some viewer questions. And the first comes from roster editing extraordinaire, one Mr. AJ Duelist. Look him up on the uh, PS4 side of things in terms of custom rosters. He asks, what do, you, what do the three of you want for your team's reverse retro jersey? What do you want it to be based off of, essentially? So, again, for those that missed it, they had the reverse retros last year. It looks like they're coming back next year. Buffalo already pretty much announcing that they're bringing back the Goathead as an alternate, if not as a part of this reverse retro program. I feel like Endo is going to have the most difficult time answering this because similar to, like, the Detroit Red Wings, the Leafs haven't really done much with their jersey and don't really have too many options in which to go retro with their jersey, but Sin, I'm intrigued for you. I mean, and Endo, let me know if you have an answer here of something that actually comes to mind. But Sin, what comes to mind for you when you think of, like, oh, what's a shark jersey that you would actually really either like to own or think that would look uh, kind of sick on the ice?
1: Yeah, the problem with our reverse retro was that I, the gray base color was, in my opinion, absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. um <sighs> It could have been cool. And I guess maybe they're limited, but if there's less limitations here. I would like to see, I still obviously love that old logo, Mm. and it wouldn't necessarily be the reverse. I would like to see the alternate just be that old logo and kind of harken back to that with like the teal. I would like to see the reverse retro with the logo that we had prior to the one now, which was similar to it, but it had... The uh, orange-ish Yes. Okay. And I want to see an orange fucking jersey. Ooh, kind of
0: like the Barracuda. I want to see
1: orange... Yeah, but not... Pure orange, like theirs ones. Fair. I want to see, okay. like, an orange base color with black. Yeah, Philadelphia, but then also teal. Like, obviously, it's it's not going to be just Philadelphia. No white in it whatsoever. Orange, black, and teal. And I think that would look cool. Either they could throw in the old logo if they want, but even with the... I, I guess maybe it is still the same current logo that we were using back then so, um, when we had those weird jerseys with the orange... But I know on the stealth jersey, it's slightly different now. They
0: like darkened the nose of the shark or something. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty close, but I, I think you're right that there are like, yeah. some slight, subtle differences. How did you like those sharks jerseys with the orange? By the way, because it was a, it was an interesting look. I personally liked it, but I know a lot of people didn't. I liked it. I liked the shoulder pad thingies. Um,
1: like that was different. Like they kind of were doing something for. A while and they switched up and it was good. I have the, I have the alternate one, the black one. And I like, I gotta say, I like it a bit more than, than the stealth because the stealth is just too much of one color. Like, yeah, it's cool, but you can't see all the intricate different stuff on the Jersey because it's so it's from so far away. Like you got to have actual color accents, which is what the old alternate did have. It's got like the, the elbow stripe, which was teal. And yeah, so I got the Pavelski
0: Jersey with that. Endo, did anything come to mind for you with the reverse retro for the Toronto Maple Leafs?
2: The only design they haven't really done, uh, honestly, is the the very... It was used for like maybe like a year or so. They replaced the, the blue on the logo, like where the actual the word font on there is, and they made it red. That's the only change they've done,
0: like in terms of that, besides that, of the actual leaf
2: design. Yeah, they, they had it done. Uh, I can hmm. pull a picture up right here so that you guys in the group chat
0: uh I I, I remember yeah. what it looks like yeah I again I'm obviously like people know the yeah jersey's behind but me of course I'm a bit of a jersey nerd so yeah <laughs> uh, so like what would it be then in terms of the full it thing would
2: just be a, it would just be a traditional like that's the one problem though because like the leaf like design has barely ever changed. Like it's usually the Jersey changes with the leaf, Uh. not with the actual accents or where the sleeves are or anything like that. And so it's like, I guess it would just be that like maybe have like no, like arm, like armband on there. Like the, on there. I don't know. It's, it's hard to pick and I maybe like, I I just don't know. (laughs)
0: Fair. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I knew it would be tough for you. That's why I let Sin go first because mm-hmm. that's a really tough one to answer. Um,
2: yeah. Either that, or it'd be like if they bring back Toronto Arenas, except it's just the T, and it's like the one arm on the cuff.
0: Not the um, Arenas. Sort of the cuff
2: in the bottom. <laughs> yeah.
0: I hated that, that logo terrible. so much. Yeah. Um, look, for a Bruins fan, we have very few options because let's be honest, like they've they've touched up most of their older. Jerseys, uh, their reverse retro was kind of the playoff of what they had back in the '70s and the '80s. The 2019 Winter Classic, uh, which I have over here somewhere, I won't, uh, you know, dig it off of the the rack there. But it was based off like the old jerseys from the '20s with the stripes on the arms and everything. Let's be honest, there's really only one jersey that they haven't touched, and that's the Pooh Bear. They have not brought that jersey back since 2006 in any way, shape, or form. Uh for me I see a lot of the mockups with it being a white jersey. I personally wouldn't go that way. Um I would have it be kind of, you know, like it was it's a primary yellow jersey as it was with like the black trim. I would just swap the black and the yellow personally instead of having it be a primary white jersey. I think that's a bit too much, but it's going to be the Pooh bear. It is. We all know it. I would be shocked if it was anything else. Uh, there's just no way that it will It's be. a dope jersey. It is a great jersey. (laughs) It's it's a great jersey design, but I understand people don't like it because the logo where the bear is just kind of like, hmm. (laughs) Like he's not intimidating. It's just this bear.
1: (laughs) Although the vintage from 47 bear is the derpiest face on the planet. Yes.
0: Yes, it is. (laughs) Like he's just, (laughs) it just looks like he's got his eyes like. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, uh, We call it the meth bear. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, yes, that, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so Ugh. there's not too much else the Bruins can do with a lot of their throwback jerseys. They've, uh, you guys in your original sixes not changing shit. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. classic. There's only so much you can do now. So at least, yeah, but at least the Bruins have kind of altered and gone with other logos from time to time. The Leafs yeah. had that weird thing where they tried to make the leaf look more realistic for a while or
0: whatever the hell that was. And that then- veiny, veiny leaf. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what this like needs? Some strong bait. Some fucking fame. This, 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 this is leaf leaf Just some shit. They love a vascular bad. Jesus They love throbbing a vascular bad. Oh my God.
2: Because yeah, it couldn't play hard on the ice. They had to make their logo look hard. There you go. Christ.
0: God. Shout out to the Leafs, who I do believe I saw. God, was it the Leafs or the Flyers that it's been. It was on Reddit today that it's been 20,000 days since one of them won the cup, and I'm pretty sure it's the Leafs. 20,000 days. Gracious. Just an absurd number, man. Like, absolutely absurd. I'm trying to track it down to find out for sure, but regardless, just... I don't know if you'll ever. Yeah, there we go. Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs. From uh, Tuesday, May 2nd of 1967... To Tuesday of February first, twenty twenty two. Uh twenty thousand days have passed. Or fifty four yeah. years and nine months. Or six hundred and fifty seven months. <laughs> Jesus. Oh poor enda. Time? Poor Endo. I mean uh, it's he he's only been alive for a half of, of it, so not even <laughs> and he's only been a fan for like another half of it, so there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, and no, you got a long way to go. Let's not talk about misery yet. You don't know Misery yet. (laughs) You don't have a clue. I don't Um, even know the company of Misery. God. Our second question comes from one Mr. Alex Digg. Not the actual guy, but it's okay. Why uh, have the top... Okay, I'm just going to read it as he wrote it. Why do the top 5 out of 10 of the 2020 class seem to be slower getting up to speed than most? including others in their own draft, will we just spoiled by Matthews and McDavid and Hughes? Or is there more to why a guy like Lafreniere with the Rangers can't get up to speed yet? So That's yeah, a very apt name to ask this question,
1: Alex Daigle. Uh, Lafreniere is a bust. Pretty fucking simple. Lafreniere <laughs> is a bust, and the New York Rangers are going to die in a fire of their own doing as they fly too close to the sun. And their fans tempt fate, and the hockey gods was—I don't know—I don't know where that came from, but no, I'm—we are—we are we a are, uh, the youth We of expect the too much too quick, sure. a little bit. The Rangers have a have a ha, have a kind of inferiority complex. The no, no, no. I'm <laughs> not even on that anymore. The Rangers have a propensity for rushing their young talent along. And we've seen that multiple times now. we never seen him. With yeah, there was the whole COVID thing where you couldn't necessarily send him anywhere. I don't know. Could they send him to Europe and play with men? I think that was all shut down too. Yeah. Who knows? But
0: at the same breath, like, was he playing on the third line right now? Uh, Probably I can, I can double check where Lafreniere is currently playing, and I can also give you his updated point total because we have talked about Lafreniere and Castle a lot this season. Lafreniere is currently on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Don't know how long he's been there, uh, but again, Zibanejad has 47 points in 46 games. Kreider yeah. has 44 in the same amount of games. Lafreniere has 12 points.
1: 12. Yeah, so I don't think he's been there that long. If he is, he's not no. making a fucking impact. So if he's been there that long, he's not making an impact, that's bad. If he's been on the third line, why do you have him in the NHL so, if you're going
0: to play him on the third line? The Rangers do not have scoring outside of their Big Five forwards. Yeah. They don't. It's not good. Uh, at least on cap friendly right now, looking at what they have here. Um, Capo is currently injured, it says, with uh, an upper body injury, 14 points on the season. Uh, Again, I already mentioned Lafreniere with 12. You have 10 points for Kevin Rooney. And, like, those are the next three highest scorers outside of Sabanajad, Kreider, Panarin, Strom. And a Barclay Goodrow has 20 points. Yes. Like, if it wasn't for their big four, like, I was correct in my assessment that they do not have the depth scoring. They're able to overcome it by the fact that Igor Shosturkin has a 937 save percentage yeah. with a 21 and 5 record in 28 games. So they're lung fisting themselves all
1: over with slightly better scoring at times, but it's very yeah. contained to a few people. That's not necessarily a recipe for success. But back on the point, I think that people hype up young talent way too much and then they expect mm. too much out of them, especially the large markets like this. New York is a large market and I mean, I mean, look what happened. Uh, Um, I hate to bring it up, but it's, it's, I have to, it's a guy like Marner and Matthews probably making more than they should have, um, on they got, I mean, they kind of bullied their way to making the money because there was so much hype around them. The media was hyping them up. Agents were hyping them up media, like, uh, writers were hyping them up. They, and how do you, how do you not like look at that and be like, okay, this is what I am now. Or if you're like Lafreniere. Oh, this is what I have to be right now. This is what is expected Uh of me. That's hard. That's really hard to come into as a situation as a young player. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. So I don't know if it's necessary that they're slower getting up to speed. It's that circumstances have presented themselves where, you know, they've had to be put in these situations or, you know, for one reason or another, and maybe they weren't quite ready. I still don't think LaFreniere is ready. I think he would have benefited a lot from uh development. Even as good as he looked at times. If you're playing him third line or if he's producing like a third liner, in my opinion, that's not a third line guy. You used a first overall pick on him, you know? We sent Eklund back because you're you, we're not we're not playing Eklund on the third line. That's not why you got him, right? So you don't want to, you know, put him
0: on the third line like that. So that's my two cents on it. You know, it's funny. I was looking at the twenty twenty draft that he mentioned specifically. Lafreniere's in the NHL. Byfield's in the NHL. Stutzla's in the NHL. Lucas Raymond's doing phenomenally. Jake Sanderson's still in the NCAA. Drysdale's playing for the Ducks. Holtz has played for the Devils this year. Quinn's gotten games with the Sabers or a game before he got hurt. Rossi's made his debut for the Wild. Perfetti's made his debut for the Jets. So, I mean, it's it, and you can't even say that no one in that top. Ten has has done spectacularly because Lucas Raymond is uh, pretty much a dead-set, locked-in, top-three Calder finalist this season. Yeah. But to that point of Lafreniere, like, yeah, expectations are high. Like, you think back, that 2019 draft, who was at the top? Jack Hughes. After that rookie season for Jack Hughes, there was a lot of people being like, I don't know if he's the guy. Like he had twenty-one points in, in sixty-one games, and then last year only had thirty-one and fifty-six. Like people were absolutely already trying to label, like, okay, Jack Hughes wasn't worthy of the number one pick, or not what he's not gonna be what was expected of a number one pick. Rasmus Dahlin in twenty eighteen. If he was outside of Buffalo, he'd be getting celebrated a lot more. Like he's a stud, but people don't view him as a stud because he plays for Buffalo. 2017, Nico Heischer. I mean, we kind of, kind of, you know, kind of knew already that that draft wasn't maybe uh, to the elite level, but Nico Heischer's still a really solid player. It's just the Devils haven't been a contender in this time. So, you know, yes, with the number one overall pick, you expect everyone to be a McDavid or a Matthews. That's certainly not the case, but that's also how it's mentioned in the draft. Like every year, you'll have people be like, yeah, you know, this draft isn't exactly, uh, there, there isn't that upper echelon talent. So I. I don't know. I, I do think that, yes, people overhype the value of a number one pick on occasion, but at the same time, talking specifically about the 2020 draft or some of the most recent drafts, I think this is more common. It's only been like, two this years. Is, too. <laughs> yeah, this is typically <clears throat> what you see as opposed to, you know, someone being an Austin Matthews and scoring four goals in his first game and still losing. Like not celebrating
1: on the fourth one. That was hilarious. <laughs> it looked like he was like, this is fucking too easy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Little, little did he know <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again guys thank you very much for the questions we had to uh, cut out a couple of them or move them into our football talk which is coming up here in a second but again as always uh, Toogie 24 on the Twitters or you can join the discord uh, and there's the podcast questions section to uh, get those in whenever we ask for them, whenever we have uh, a, a shortage of things to talk about of course But in talking about football, and we had to just make a full football segment because some of the questions were about football. There's a lot to talk about in the world of the NFL. The first thing comes from Canadian Eagles, and it's like the most recent breaking news of the bunch that we can't really comment on yet because it's so early. Uh, But Eagles asked, thoughts on the Brian Flores lawsuit? Now, In case you two didn't see this, uh, Brian Flores, who was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, formerly uh, the defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, uh, he has filed a class action lawsuit against the league, against the Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, and the New York Giants, alleging they have engaged in racist and discriminatory practices against black coaches. Uh, Allegations in the suit include Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offering to pay Flores an extra $100,000 per loss during the 2019 season, and Ross trying to get him to recruit a, quote, prominent quarterback who was under contract to another team, violating tampering rules, 1,000% Deshaun Watson, by the way. The lawsuit also says the Giants scheduled a fake interview with Flores last week to comply with the Rooney rule uh, and that Flores learned his interview was fake because former boss, Patriots coach Bill Bill Belichick, mistakenly texted him a congratulatory message thinking that the Giants were going to hire him. New York instead hired Brian DeBole. Flores also said the Broncos put him through a similar interview three years ago with no intention of hiring him. This has a long, long way to go. And and by the way, the Rooney rule is listed as this. Uh, It's a policy that requires league teams to interview uh, ethnic minority candidates for head coaching and senior football operation jobs uh, is the way that that rule is written. So there is a lot to come of this. Like literally this just broke within the past hour. So I can't really comment on the validity of it. The whole breakup, though, between the Dolphins and Brian Flores, we know a little bit about it. That's a whole wild situation. So, man, I don't know. Uh, But needless to say, the, uh, oh, boy, the the drama of it. And honestly, like, the validity of it might be there, too. Like, we just got done in the past week, right, uh, of having those discussions about the Jordan Subban, uh, Jacob Panetta situation and now you're having a coach flat out call out that hey there's discriminatory practices despite this rule. I don't doubt that there is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's the problem. I don't doubt I you know, and you had someone like uh former NFL quarterback uh Robert Griffin III, RG3, mentioning that yeah, he probably uh just you know, even if you know, he if he's telling the truth, he probably just ruined his chances of ever coaching in the NFL again. That's probably also true. So that is just an entire mess that we don't simply know enough about yet, but, um, sports. <laughs> That's all I got, sports. Oh, God. If you two have nothing else to add, I will mention. Although, Sin, I don't know if you do or not. I, I was looking like it. I thought Endo was going to chime it. in. He put on uh, head, he put on Glasses. sunglasses.
1: <laughs> or, I, I, is that easy? ei I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It, this is so fucked. <laughs> I, yeah, I, like the fact that you said it was Belichick who sent him a message as well.
0: He alleges that he got a text from Bill Belichick saying congratulations. So uh, it's a good thing nothing else happened today involving you know Patriots adjacent uh, to.
2: <laughs> yeah, nothing else happened to a a legend in of the. Patriots organization. Nothing else happened. Oh,
0: God. So, I want to mention this, too, because, in bringing up the, the Subban Panetta thing, that <clears throat> kind of took away our attention of being able to talk about the, the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we had talked about the playoffs in the opening round, but we didn't get a chance to necessarily uh, do that again, because our focus was on certainly more important topics. So, in talking about the playoffs, right? Because Hawks also asked, since the Super Bowl is in a few weeks, uh, he asked this for Sin and I, because, again, Endo we know isn't a big football fan, favorite Super Bowl moments of all time. But before we get to that, in terms of the playoffs and in terms of the choices, uh, you had the Bengals beat the Titans. I would have said the Titans would have won that game. Sin, I don't know about you. If you can bring your mind back, would you have said the Bengals would have beaten the Titans? When the hell was that? That was the divisional round. That was. Oh, uh, oh, oh! I thought you were
1: talking about a Super Bowl. I was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> I don't oh, remember no, this. No, no, no. See, Sorry, that's, uh, yeah I'm yeah, leading yeah. up to the Super gotcha. Bowl. Gotcha. When was? Th- in terms of the Bengals beating the Titans, I would have said no. That was this year, right? Yeah, that was uh yeah. the twenty second of January. I mean, which feels like forever ago. Hell. And that was the same week that the Niners beat the Packers at Lambeau, which I wouldn't All have right. said would happen. No wonder I forgot. The Rams anything. beat the Bucks. I would have been wrong there, too. I would have sided with Tom Brady and the Bucks, And then the Chiefs beat the Bills, which I would have said would have happened. Like, we didn't even get a chance to talk about, like, that ridiculous overtime and stuff like that, which is a shame. And then you had the uh, championship, you know, rounds, the conference championship rounds that just happened. The Bengals beat the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Would not have said that. At all. By the way, I I thought losing a coin toss meant you automatically lost in overtime. What happened to that, Bills fans? I thought I thought the Chiefs won. What happened? Uh, and then the, the Rams beat the Niners, which I, I probably would have said so. So all of that to say, like, hey, we missed some great football that we got to talk about, that Endo would have just been like, yep, I'm here for this. That's fine. It leads to the point where, again, before talking about our favorite Super Bowl moments, I want to get this documented right now before we forget that I would have been wrong the entire way. Maybe not quite Tim the Tatman levels of jinxing and being wrong about playoff predictions, but pretty goddamn close. So I'm afraid to say that I'm rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And if you lose, I am so sorry. (laughs) Send your Super Bowl pick for this year.
1: I want it to be the Bengals just because that's rad. Although Joe Burrow is super young. He's got time. But – the Rams? Yeah. Matt, Matt Stafford. Stafford. Like, like, that's cool. Matt Stafford. It is. Like, he he probably fucking deserves it. But it's the mm-hmm. Rams, and there's something about them I don't like. It's Stan
0: Kroenke. Like. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the ownership group. They yeah. have one of the worst owners in the entire world of sport because it doesn't just cover the NFL. It covers the fact that he owns Arsenal in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, just a gigantic capitalist scumbag, <laughs> Stan Kroenke. Completely fucked over yeah. the city of St. Louis. I'll be all right with whoever wins. I I think it'd be cool as shit that Matt Stafford leaves the Detroit Lions and immediately wins the Super Bowl. That's cool as hell, man. That would be. But then, yeah, the Bengals, man. Joe Burrow, second year, fucking broke his leg last year because they didn't have an offensive line. And then what happens? They still don't improve the offensive line, but they get Jamar Chase at wide receiver as a safety blanket. Jamar Chase fucking has a dominant season after getting memed in the preseason. Sid, I don't know if you remember this, but in the preseason, Jamar Chase could not catch a football. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, they're boned. Yeah, I saw. And now they're going to the fucking Super Bowl? It's crazy. It's crazy. I am more excited for this Super Bowl than I have been for potentially any other Super Bowl that hasn't included the Patriots. Yeah. uh, Maybe ever. Like this should be great. It should be. Uh, honestly, since the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl, because I was really rooting for Larry Fitzgerald and Kurt Warner to get a, uh, to get a Super Bowl ring there. Um, I'm excited for this, and it brings us back to that Hawks question: favorite Super Bowl moments of all time? Hawks. I am a Patriots fan. What the? F- what do you think, man? All of them. What do you think the 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 Seahawks Malcolm Butler pick? The comeback against the Falcons. uh, Not losing to the Giants twice. That didn't happen. Um, (laughs) I like the helmet catch. I I, Fucking, all right. Let's see. Who is on my friends? uh, Let's see. Who wants to be on? I'm going to go to my group message here that we have with all of our friends. So who wants to be on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch. Like that's the thing, right? Like I honestly, like, as much as I eat, those Giants losses still hurt. Specifically 18 and 1. I'm sorry. You could sit there yeah. and say, oh, you six other the Super Bowls. I know. A perfect season. And it's gone. That ever and it's allowed done? this old fuck in Mercury Morris from the 72 Dolphins to continue every year to be like, we're the only undefeated team left. You played like 14 fucking games back then. Shut your face, old man. Nobody cares. Anyway, <laughs> Patriots fan, a lot of great Super Bowl moments. Now, Sin, mm-hmm. I know you are a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. It's It's got to be that one, right? There's a couple. <laughs> I mean, I did kind of
1: remember Brett Favre winning the Super Bowl. So that was Brett pretty Favre. cool. Brett Favre. you Favre, a good guy. He had a great wedding too. Um <laughs> and it yeah. There's the groom and the- <laughs> getting to see Aaron Rodgers win too and because it's yeah. Back in 2010 when he he wasn't dipping his toes into uh things he shouldn't or had no fucking Aaron knowledge Rogers, of his
0: PhD. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and honestly, the, here's the controversial one. I loved the 97, was it? When they lost to the Broncos. Because it was John Elway, mm. and I always loved John Elway. And I had a book mm. by Matt Christopher. is like a sm- tiny little biography about John Elway that I read the shit out of. And like, he was just so cool. Like all the comeback stuff. And like, he didn't really do jack Squad in that game. is mostly Terrell Davis. But he had that one play. John Elway, where he races down the field, he scrambles, and instead of sliding, the man dives, like, almost headfirst, he gets hit by two Packers, and, like, does at least a one eighty, maybe a 360 in the air, and lands, and, like, if it was me now watching that, it's like, yeah, that guy's not fucking losing, are you kidding me, he just dove straight out, they called it the helicopter hit, and he, QB scrambled, he dove straight out, got hit by two guys, and got his ass up, and went back to the line, and. Yeah, John Elway was a beast, so that's definitely one. I guess from the more recent ones, uh, it wasn't technically the Super Bowl. It was leading up to the Super Bowl. It was uh, Richard Sherman just absolutely going off about Crabtree to, uh, to Aaron. You <laughs> oh, put a sorry ass receiver yeah. like Crabtree. Yeah. what you gonna get? <laughs> Don't <laughs> ever talk about me. Who, who was talking about you? Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> just the best, and, oh, and Niners fans absolutely hated him. They hated him, hated him, hated him. And then they got him one time, and then they loved him. It's like, of course, oh my yeah. God, yeah. But yeah, Richard Sherman God, well, th- was hilarious.
0: Shout out to the guy that, um, God, what Super Bowl was it? I think it was Seahawks and Broncos, where the Seahawks kicked the hell out of them. Oh, yeah. And then there was that guy that snuck into the press conference just to say 9 11 was an inside job. What? <laughs> what? <I> don't, <laughs> I don't know, why I don't I know? No, what? It was in, like, 2014, yeah. What? Some guy snuck into the press conference and got to the podium and grabbed the mic and just went 9 an inside job, and then he ran away.
1: <laughs> well, they must have scrubbed <laughs> that so quick from TV. Oh, I'd they never tried, tried, yeah.
0: I, I'll never forget. Holy God damn shit. it. Because oh uh, he, did, he didn't say specifically about, you know, our teams. So, I mean, there are other you know, great yeah. kind of Super Bowl moments out there. There was the Ravens-Niners uh, Super Bowl where the lights went out for yeah. half an hour. And then, like, yeah. the, the comeback started, Beyonce. and
1: everyone's, like, conspiracy. They
0: shut off the lights <laughs> to stop
1: the momentum. <laughs> yeah, the Harbowl. Oh, my God. They called it the Harbowl or whatever.
2: God, Beyonce <sighs> took all the power and she just took it out for that performance. That was a ridiculous performance.
1: Oh, my God. We got the funniest memes from that, too, because, like, they kept – People kept capturing her face at the weirdest times when she was doing her performance.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one with like her arms down. Yeah, her she looked, she's got like the weirdest face. What's Ugh. better, that or Shakira's fucking tongue? <laughs> <from> a... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the tongue thing. What the
2: hell? <laughs> she sounded like the turkeys from <gasps> South Park, man. Was um, Lady Gaga uh, before we got the top of the um, uh, when she did her performance at the top of <sighs> the arena, and then uh-huh. me and my buddies were in the bar. And we we're like, "Man, what if she just fell off?" And she falls off the <laughs> frame, and we're just laughing.
0: <laughs> oh God! Oh man! What do you guys think? By the way, uh, Super Bowl halftime shows because you mentioned it. So let's talk about it real quick. This year, it's. It's Dr. Dre, it's Snoop Dogg, Eminem, is it? Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Yo. Lamar. Holy shit! I'm watching
2: as... the shit out of that. Are you kidding me? Right, the is fucking that <laughs> thing. Holy shit!
1: I can't wait to watch that. I didn't really. I mean, I kind of watched the one last time. It's it didn't interest what me. What about the weekend? I don't like him. I don't. I don't like no. his music. I don't like his music. He was. Long. I, I think I it's like funny as hell that he won a Kids' Choice Award for a song about cocaine. But yeah, other than that, I don't really dig his dig his songs. <laughs> I, I like The weekend quite a bit. What do you mean your face is numb? You ever done cold?
0: No, it just it's it's cold yeah. out. <laughs> it's from it's from all the I, cold slime. <laughs> I hope the Super Bowl halftime show's good because sometimes they're hit or miss. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I mean, God, what was it, like, three years ago now? It was like, here's Maroon 5.
1: Yeah. No thanks. I wanted to get but into then, that because I
0: love Adam Levine and then – but then 2015, we had Katy Perry and, and Left Shark. Oh yeah, Left <laughs> Shark. Oh, well, I God. always, I always <laughs> love looking at Katy Perry. Fair enough. <laughs> uh there have been some damn good Super Bowl halftime shows like Bruno Mars oh, well, yeah, like eight, you know, 8 years ago. With, that was actually with at the Chili Pepper Bowl right? with the... or was that a yeah. different one? Yeah. That yeah. Was yeah. Was so that Yeah, was, Chili Peppers that was, were there that too. Was so good. Um that was <laughs> Bruno Mars halftime show post game 9/11's an inside job truth oh, or show that was sucked. that one. Oh, what a Super Bowl. <laughs> <What> a <laughs> terrific. <laughs> Everything but that game was great cuz it was a total flop. <laughs> <laughs> Um. God. But then it's like, dude. I'm looking at like 2011. You had the Black Eyed Peas with maybe the worst Super Bowl halftime show ever. Just oh my black god. Black My my favorite run though, 2007 was Prince in the rain in yes, Miami. That was yeah. good. Was it Paul McCartney fuck. after that? Or uh, yeah, it was Paul McCartney. Uh, two years before oh, in okay. 2005. Shit I'm looking me. at it. But like, okay, okay. So literally, like this run. Of Super Bowl uh, halftime shows, 2004 was the Janet Jackson titty incident. Let's yeah. Go. 2005 <laughs> was, was Paul McCartney for the titty. <laughs> 2006 was the Rolling Stones, which mm. uh, they're they're fine. I gotta be honest, they, they were never my favorite. But then 2007 was Prince, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. 2008 was Tom Petty, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Fucking love me some Tom Petty. And then 2009, still maybe my favorite halftime show ever. Uh, was Bruce Springsteen during the, uh, I think that was the uh, Oh, but dude, it was so good. That was the uh, Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl. and like, But dude, it's like you had fucking Clarence Clemens on the sacks, fucking rocking it. We miss you, big man. We miss you. I, I'm sorry, my dad was a big Springsteen fan, so it's just, it's ingrained. But uh, shout out to the Super Bowl. Shout out to football. Shout out to America. Shout out to American Dream. America. Fuck yeah. And to end our football talk, shout out to Tom Brady. It, it's true, everybody. A few days after it was probably spoiled <laughs> and leaked. Now, now a bit that too we've early, said it on the show, it's true. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Tom Brady has retired after 22 goddamn years, man. And it's still just. I remember obviously cuz it wasn't that long ago the day that it was announced he was leaving and going to the Bucks and it hit like a ton of bricks almost like he died. <laughs> and today it's just uh, it's almost the same where it has it hasn't quite sunk in yet like holy shit. I'm looking at Tom Brady's Wikipedia page and it says is a former American football quarterback. Yeah. Like I know that he's turning 45 in August. But my God, and I will bring it back to hockey in in saying this, because I could sit here and wax poetic about Tom Brady for the next six days without stopping. We have mentioned on this podcast before in regards to hockey how lucky we are. Like some people who listen to this might be old enough to remember like Gretzky. Like, in his prime. Like, I can barely remember Wayne Gretzky yeah, playing. Barely. I can remember Mario Lemieux playing because of his comeback. But let's be honest, 2006 Mario Lemieux was not prime Lemieux. Yeah, We know this. But we have gotten to see Sidney Crosby. All three of us have basically gotten to see Sidney Crosby's entire career. Ovi's entire career. We're getting to see the first six years now or so of Connor McDavid's career. And this next generation. And we're going to be able to talk about that. You know, in terms of you always see it now, people being like, I got to see these guys in the prime, and oh, my God. Those are the guys we get to talk about. In a football sense, I get to say that I got to see Tom Brady's entire goddamn career. Yeah. And there will never be another quarterback. I cannot imagine another quarterback ever being as successful as Tom Brady. Because it's, as as has been shown by the likes of Drew Brees in New Orleans, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay... It is so difficult just to make it to a Super Bowl, let alone going seven and three. If I'm not mistaken, seven wins because he had the one with Tampa and then the three losses both to the Giants and then the Eagles lost. Five time fucking Super Bowl MVP. We're never going to see this again. Never. And God damn it, I am so fucking thankful and he played for the And along came Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they're the second, like, heading into the... Uh, here's the next dynasty, and then they lose yeah. to the fucking Bengals. Hey, listen. I was disappointed. I,
1: I really like Mahomes, and I wanted to see him I do, too. do work. Like, he's, he's a cool guy, and I feel... I, <laughs> I feel bad every time I see him on one of his brother's TikToks by... Not uh-huh. me looking for it. Someone posted somewhere, and I have to see it, and he's just... Dead inside.
0: <laughs> Listen, Joe Burrow is the future. You know why? I, see I am so frustrated though because now here's the good thing: Tom Brady is the gold standard. <clears throat> the problem is any great young quarterback like Patrick Mahomes immediately gets compared to Tom Brady for the rest of his career. Yeah, and that's unfair to Patrick Mahomes. He might not be Tom Brady. He might have only he might have already won the only Super Bowl he ever wins. He's still a great fucking quarterback. Yeah. But that's how sports work. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, uh, fucking Messi and Ronaldo to fucking Pele and company. Like, this is, it's just how sports work. So, I mean, uh, we'll see you in, I think it's 2027. Hall of Fame for Tom Brady. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger might be there, too. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit anymore. Sorry, Ben. There goes your spotlight for all the 30 seconds. You said you wanted to go be a family man. Enjoy it. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Goddamn. So, with that, shall we talk about hockey on this? I mean, we say it's a hockey podcast, but at the same time... It's a sports podcast. It's a sports podcast. (laughs) It definitely is. So what we wanted to do, since we didn't have too much to to really talk about today, and then that said, we're uh, like 40 minutes into the show already. We wanted to give you guys, we haven't been able to do this for a bit, because again, things have been busy. We wanted to give you our updated awards predictions. It is the first of a new month. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about kind of the standings a little bit and what the playoffs would be if uh, the season were to essentially end today. So in terms of the awards... I want to start off with the Art Ross trophy because I think this is a really interesting one. Again, Art Ross, again, goes to the leading point-getter in the NHL. And right now, looking at point per game, you have Leon Dreisaitl at just about a point and a half. 61 points in 41 games. Connor McDavid, just about at a point and a half per game. 59 points in 40 games. And then Nazem (laughs) Kadri. Point and a half pace, 59 points in 40 games. But the outright leader in points as of this day is Florida's Jonathan Huberto, who has 63 points but in 46 games. That's crazy. And then Alex Ovechkin rounds out the top five with 58 points as well. So out of those five, like those seem to be the likely five, granted Ovi's point-per-game pace is lower than the likes of Rantanen or Kaprizov, and Rantanen could be a good shout, too. Sin, who is your pick? Who do you think will finish the season with the most points now that we're here on February 1st? I want to say Huberto because he's on the better team and they're scoring
1: like crazy, but they also score all the way up and down their lineup, which yeah. also it's like, ah, can he maintain that? I want to say him because I want something different. Odds are it's probably going to be David or Dreisaitl just because they have to carry that goddamn team on their back. They just picked up a guy who can, you know, put gold put pucks in the net amongst other you things sure can. <laughs> amongst other things and uh yeah but i would love it for it to be huberto but you know florida's way too balanced of a team i think for him to to do that i would love to be proven wrong and i'd love for them to just dominate everyone i'd love to see him win the cup because yeah please
0: please let me just witness jumbo lifting the cup over his head once mm. Endo Mills, your choice for the Art Ross winner at this stage of the season.
2: Uh, I think... Oof. It, it, it Right now, Huberto's got it. Like, I didn't really think of Huberto at all the rest of the season. I just kind of, like, swept under the rug. I swept him under the rug and mostly Florida, but Florida's doing well. Uh, I think it could be uh, Jonathan Huberto or even Connor McDivitt going want a big rip if the... Oilers figure out their, their thing right now. Um, but I think it's either going to be Huberto or it's going to be McDavid.
0: <sighs> For me, I, I'd i love to say Nazim Kadri because how cool would that be? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> and the league would have to, like, present him with an award.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. You know, I look at Ranjan. What if he tied yeah, with someone f- and then they didn't give it to him? They didn't even double up on the award. (sighs) Wow. They're like, oh, there's some
0: mysterious tiebreaker. (laughs) Suspension's per Um, game. Yeah. God. Like, I look like Dreisaitl's playing with Puliarvi and Fogel. McDavid's now playing with Yamamoto and Evander Kane. So I'd probably side with McDavid in that instance. At the same time, I look at Colorado and I look at Miko Rantanen who's apparently centering a line right now with Landeskog and the Chushkin because of the uh, huh. the the uh, McKinnon injury. Oh, right. I'm going to go with fun. Nazem Kadri. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Nazem Kadri for Art Ross. Who says no? Leafs fans don't count. The Hart Trophy. For the most valuable player to their team, Connor McDavid. That team without Connor McDavid is in Arizona territory, <laughs> period. Maybe a little bit better because of Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid, although I do want to shout out, because we talked about him a little bit earlier. Oh, you're going to take mine. Igor Shostakovich. son of a bitch. You're going to take uh-huh. mine. <laughs> you took mine. You don't get two, you motherfucker. <laughs> I Honestly, th- I was going to go with McDavid, but then we talked about him. If the Rangers make the playoffs, and I get that's not what it's based on, but let's be honest on the Heart Trophy, every time it's based off of that. If the Rangers make the playoffs, Igor Shesterkin wins the Heart. Endo, your choice for the Heart Trophy.
2: Uh, UC Soros. Um, the reason why I interesting. Said, yeah.
0: Actually, that's a good, Short, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good pick.
2: Short King. Um, mostly because I relate in <laughs> style of play and because I'm also <laughs> short. Uh, no, but seriously, he's done unreal things with that team, not only just this season, but, like, last season as well, and I feel like he's definitely earning his cup up in, as a starter, an undersized starter too, which is a abnormality in the league. Uh, and I believe like anything he's been, like, faced up against so far is able to tackle, um, if not better than anybody else in that roster can. He's basically carrying that team, I, I wouldn't say carrying that team. I would say he is there when he needs to be, and he has been the guy. He's still like top three goaltender in the league for sure right now because of how his performance is how consistent he's been in the past
0: few years. He is third in the league in save percentage right now, behind Anderson and Shesterkin. So Sin, I, I stole your choice, I'm I'm presuming. <laughs> I was I was just about uh I was just gonna look up Nashville's record last year
1: um i don't I, they missed the playoffs right what were they sub 500 i can look and that was up Saros really starting quickly? last season <laughs> can't remember actually
0: but yeah uh, i I think it's well, i was gonna cool. say i don't know how much time he split with renee last year i can look that up too really quickly
1: yeah because that's interesting i like endo's point that he's making right there because that's another one it's, it's kind of a sleeper pick like everyone's oh just but then uc saros is
2: qualified last year remember it was, it was yeah it was they lost leader. oh the yeah.
1: bubble thing
0: they okay. lost to Carolina in the first round last year. Was that bubble? And that was the bubble, right? F- the yeah. bubble, yeah. Okay. And in terms of the stats, I'm going to have to try to dig a little bit deeper to find that. But he did lead the team in wins uh, over okay. Peckermint, I do believe. so. I-, I think, yeah, I think he's a good shout. Um, fuck. Yeah. It's- Nashville's second in the Central right now. I think that's a real good shout.
2: I know my goal is. Just
0: so your guy, I think. I, I just completely stole your thunder, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean
1: he was he was gonna be my guy because he's like lean but yeah, it's it's probably for me, it's the same thing. It's between him and McDavid, because like you said, without McDavid, the Oilers are literally nothing. I mean, yes, there's Dry and they work great together, but they're also, you know, they center their own lines and at times and whatnot. And Yeah, it's but yeah, to, to for one guy, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another like an outlier pick of Someone, but I don't think there's just anyone really out there who has that much of an impact uh, as mm. Shosturkin does in in goal, or
0: McDavid does just as a dominant beast. Now, for the Vesna, are we sticking with Shosturkin and then Endo with Saros? I'd imagine so; it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make they they're two of the top three. So,
1: um, yeah. I, I think Freddie. Here's the thing. I think Fred Anderson's numbers, while like all are obviously great, he's also the beneficiary of a great team. I don't think he's going to be considered he, as heavily
0: as a couple of the others. He is on a better team than Soros is in Nashville or McDavid is in Edmonton. Yeah, and we, I think that will hurt him. I thought we were talking about Vesna. Conversation. Though. Uh, well, I well, yeah, like, sure. I mean, just for Vesna's sake. I mean, yeah. even uh, the Rangers, excuse me, as opposed to the Oilers. Um, he, he's on a better team. Yeah, than that, that was 100%, 100% like, better. So, yeah, it's
1: yeah, so like his numbers are a little bit inflated due to that. See, so yeah, yeah, it's probably quite. between Shesterkin and uh, Saros.
2: Yeah, sorry to throw up. Quick question. Has a goalie ever won both the Hart and the Vezna the same season?
0: Ah, <sighs> uh, <laughs> That's a very – has a goalie ever won the Hart and the Vezna – in the same season, we shall defer to our best friend Google. Uh, Carry Price became the fourth goalie ever to win the heart and the Vesna in 2014 15. Joins Jacques Plant 61 62, Jose Theodore 0102, and Dominic Hasek, who did it twice uh, between 96 uh, 97 and 97 98. I don't remember Carry Price ever having a year good enough to win those. <laughs> well yeah. I do well I, I do. Um, you did see it more at, over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the same time, it's almost like, you know, since when do goalies ever get that level of respect? You know? Yeah. So that's, that's right.
2: He's top five pick. Some respect in that That's game.
0: almost where I'm at on that. Uh the Calder. Let's be honest, it is still very much likely between uh three different players. And really, it might be down to two. Zegrus, Moritz Sider, or Lucas Raymond are likely the guys in goal. I don't know if Alex N- you could argue you could honestly argue Alex Nedelkovic like his numbers aren't the most impressive, but he is a, on a bad uh, Red Wings team. In terms of skaters, I mean it really does already seem to be down towards the argument of Zegrus versus Cider. Um, there was that moment as well. Uh, the Ducks and Red Wings just played, where Zeger's kind of dangled around him, and Cider made up for it and, and kind of took it away. Uh, Raymond right now, uh, se- uh, excuse me, thirty-five points in forty-six games. Zeger's thirty-two and forty-two, so they're on the exact same point pace. Then there's Anton Lindell for the Florida Panthers, thirty-two points in forty-two games, also on the exact same point pace as Raymond and Zeger's. He also was just named. Rookie of the Month for January, he had 17 points in 15 games. So, if you weren't aware that Anton Lundell's been that good and is in the conversation, become aware, because he is absolutely legit. I think what was viewed as maybe a three-horse race with Zegers, Raymond, and Sider uh, has become a four-horse race. I think Lundell is very much in that conversation. He's also probably the best defensive uh, forward out of that trio, I still have to side with more at cider because defensemen never get their, you know, they're yeah. just due. So cider is still my pick. If I had to go with a forward, I might go with Zegris over Lundell just because I think Lundell has a better supporting cast. but regardless, cider's yeah. my pick.
1: I do like the idea of cider, but I'm all in on Trevor Zegris in like every way, shape or form. I, I'm so hyped up about that kid and what he means for the league. Not just not just as a player, but what he brings to the table from a marketing standpoint, from a character standpoint. I hope, like hell, this league doesn't suck that out of him. They'll try. Yeah, I know. And that's what <laughs> scares me because he's so fucking cool. Like, and the swagger it's not just this thing he does he does it on the ice he, he's got it in real life and it's not forced it's it's him like that i feel like that's his authentic
0: self and that's what's awesome and we need more of that well john tortorella gets his way jesus christ we'll find out all right for those of you on the video side of things enjoy that lovely jump cut and for those of you listening on the audio side of things enjoy that lovely jump cut uh, shout out to sin who dropped from the call but we're okay now we're good it just takes away from endo's uh Endo's word count for this for this version of the podcast, <laughs> uh, but Endo, I think we had your official choice uh, yeah. for the Vesna, that being uh, Trevor Zegers, uh, or for the Vesna for the Calder. Jesus, yeah, give Trevor Zegers the Vesna yeah. too. Why not? Strap <laughs> the pads on him uh, <laughs> for the Norris, the Norris Trophy, top defenseman in the league. I feel like as per usual this is the most difficult one to judge because it always seems to be off of points, which, again, I am very much in favor of the argument of you should have, uh, you know, an award for the top. Like, we have an award for for forwards, best defensive but also best offensive, but we don't have Mm. it for defensemen. And that pisses me off to no end. It's completely illogical, but it's also the NHL. Right now, in terms of the points race... Uh, If we look at point per game, it's Kale McCarr uh, with a 1.13 point per game mark. Then Adam Fox and a 107. And there's only three other defensemen that are over a point per game. That's Yossi Hedman and Devon Taves. Why is Devon Taves so good on your rosters? dude? Devon Taves is one of the best most complete defensemen in the NHL. End of. But I get he doesn't have that name value that the others do. So, If we use those top five as kind of the litmus test to say, okay, here are the guys putting up points, but also who's the most well-rounded, who impacts their team. Again, I think you're down to Makar, Fox, Yossi, Hedman, and Taves. And shout out to Roman Yossi, by the way, who was named as the replacements uh, for Nathan McKinnon at the All-Star game. Uh, He very much deserves it. Roman Yossi is incredible, as the stats tell you here. Sin, do you have a choice? For Norris, because I think this is one of the most, if not the most, difficult one to name. It's Makar. <laughs> it, it, it's honestly he
1: he's he's better defensively than he gets credit for. Um hmm. I don't think he's on the level of Fox, but I think he can get there. I just the way he's able to skate, man. Like that that opens up so many avenues to do things, and it's not just on the offensive side of things. Uh you hearken back to that one hit he laid where he did it out of nowhere. He skated back. I, eh, I'm going to change direction. I'm going to lay this guy out as he tries to exit. He like Cronwalled someone in the most beautiful way possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I'm not saying, oh, that's defense is just laying the body or else, you know, Seth Jones is an elite defenseman. Um, Darnell Nurse. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's all, we, here's like, we haven't necessarily seen a defenseman like him in a long, long time. And I, I do think he has those sides of the game that we see all the highlights Honestly? of him doing the offensive stuff. But I think there's more to him than that. And I've seen it when he played, like, the Sharks and stuff.
0: Eric Carlson in this prime, I think, is the last time. And that was five years ago or so. And McCarr has other Before. sides to his game than Carlson did. And that's what Skip crazy. And that's, honestly, that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. The last time there was like this hype level around a, a defenseman like this, I think, was Eric Carlson. And you could argue, again, that McCarr does certain things already that might put him even above that level of Carlson <laughs> chipping it up against the Bruins in the playoffs, like level of hype.
1: Carlson laid a big body like once on the Sharks and got suspended for two games. <laughs> That was a joke, by the way. I mean, I understand
0: maybe a blindside, but there's no fucking head contact. Ugh. For me, it's it's really tough because I think all five of these guys could win, and I would be okay with it. However, Yossi has a Norris from 2020, so I'm glad he got that. Yeah. Adam Fox, I believe, won it last year. Hedman has to have one. So for me, it comes down to Makar and Taves. The takeaway from Devon Taves that people will have is that he plays on a pairing with Kale McCarr, so maybe that's where the majority of his points come from. At the same time, you can say that having someone so defensively responsible like Devon Taves allows Kale McCarr to excel. Uh, I, I do think, in a way, that Devon Taves could be the straw that stirs the drink that allows Kale McCarr to be, uh, in in part, what he is. I as well have to go with Kale McCarr, but my God, don't I want to go with Devon just to be contrarian. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's,
1: but I, I like, I liked what you brought up and that that's such a, an underappreciated thing is the guy who allows those guys to do what they do. And he's still putting up points like at the same time, as yeah. you mentioned, he's still doing a lot on his own. That's what Ferraro was to McCarr when they played together in college. Ferraro was mm. kind of that guy next to McCarr. Um, Obviously, I'm not saying he's on the level of Devon Taves or anything like that, but, you know, it's those guys go kind of unsung, and they go kind of unnoticed at times, and they turn out to be amaz- like really, really freaking good players.
0: Yeah. Endo Mills, your choice for top defender with the Norris Trophy. Uh,
2: I think I'm going to go Kale McCarr as well. Just the way he moves out there and his productivity, both offensively and defensively, it's, it's something to marvel at. And I'm a big advocate for obviously like the two way defensemen or like the offensive defensemen who are able to just jump into the rush, be the extra winger. It definitely if he's not gonna get it this year, then he's probably gonna get it hopefully he gets it next year with the same performance that he does this year as well.
0: Ted Lindsay Award for most outstanding player, Connor McDavid. Is that unanimous? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean all right, so Sin's second bout of audio issues out of the way, again, Ted Lindsay Award, probably Connor McDavid, we'll keep it simple there. The Jack Adams for top coach in the league. Now, do you go with, oh, we didn't expect you to be this good, or do you go with who has actually been the best coach? It's always tough, and then it kind of lines up with the Jim Gregory GM of the Year award as well and how people want to view it, and it really does just depend on, again, do you view it as, okay, well, these are the top teams. Like You could argue the Colorado Avalanche right now uh, deserve to have both Joe Sakic and Jared Bednar walk away with these awards, and easy does it, you know? Like, that's, that's perfectly fine. At the same time, you can look at playoff teams... Like the New York Rangers, who, again, I think are overperforming thanks to an incredible goaltender. You can look at the Nashville Predators, who have had a stunningly good season. The Anaheim Ducks or the LA Kings, who are both in a playoff spot right now. How do you guys view this? Because for me, for the sake of simplicity, I am am just genuinely going to side with Bednar and Sackick in Colorado. Mm.
1: I like Rod Brindamore for coach. Mm, i do i think he's there's no there's great players on that team is
0: there a bona fide high level superstar man it depends on how you feel about sebastian aho i suppose i would call aho a superstar but no he doesn't but he doesn't get the recognition i think that's partially
1: yeah partially due to the market but also that's a team that's not not gonna lie it is well built but i think it's it's exceptionally well coached and brindamore they play like brindamore played they're gritty they they defend extremely well they focus on the details and i
0: don't know if they've got bodies like him but you know i don't think anybody has Rod brindamore probably still has the best physique in the nhl player or coach maybe vince mcmahon
2: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> When you said that, the first thing I thought of was Vince McMahon running into the ring, tearing both ACLs and MCLs in his knees and still... No, so what, it was
0: his quads. That's quads? the worst part. Oh,
2: so how, so how did he happen- do
0: that? So this is, okay, here's the wrestling fan nerd in me coming out, but it's perfectly fine. I also want to shout out a great channel, Wrestling With Regret, for those wrestling fans out there. Uh, Brian Zane actually just did a a little recap of the 05 Rumble, so this is fresh in the memory, so thank you. Uh, So 05 Royal Rumble, final two, John Cena and Dave Batista, And what happens? They accidentally both touch the floor at the same time to get eliminated. Now, in the past, they had done this in 1994 with Bret Hart and Lex Luger, except it was intentional. They were both supposed to hit the floor at the same time for controversy. In this instance, they weren't, but they did. It looked, it looked totally like the plan. So Vince McMahon comes storming out. He goes to slide headfirst into the ring under the bottom rope yeah. and slams his legs against the hard oh, steel no. like ring structure against the apron. He tries to stand up one of his quads blows. So he's stuck sitting in the ring, yelling instructions like a madman. Like a madman. I am like, why the hell can't he stand up? So they elect to restart the match, as was planned. Batista goes on to win, by the way. Goes on to win the title at WrestleMania 21 against Triple H. It was great. And then had two more matches against Triple H, one in Backlash, and one in Hell in a Cell at Vengeance. That was a great match. You should go watch it. Or don't, because the WWE is fucking terrible. Uh, But at the same time, So what happens once Vince McMahon's like, okay, we're restarting the match. He gets out of the ring, tries to walk to the back on one torn quad, and the other one goes as he's walking to the back. And he has to, because he's such a son of a bitch, he walks off camera to the back with both quads shot. But he could not let the people know that he was hurt. That is the story of how Vince McMahon tore both of his quads the at fuck? the essentially the same time.
1: So in the context, was he like yelling instructions at people? He
0: was, it's part was, of the act, but also he had to be serious at the same time because they didn't probably know yeah, what so to it do. Yeah, so it like wasn't on the microphones or anything. Like he was sitting in the ring. Yeah. You could tell he was yelling and like he was saying, hey, we're going to restart this. But at the same time, he's also putting on the act while it ha- yeah. having to be in incredible pain as his quad just exploded. And then he goes to walk away to the back, and the other one explodes. How does that even happen? I don't know. It's Vince McMahon. <laughs> Did
2: you see him, like, that one time he fought in, like, WWE? Or was WWE? No, he, he had just,
0: plenty of matches. He was
2: roided and shit. Like, dude came out, like, fucking, like, juice. Like- His
0: first ever match was on an episode of Raw in 98. Must have been April. Against Stone Cold. And it's the first time he walks to the ring without a suit on. And God. he is just fucking juiced to the gills. <laughs> Yo, you can see the testosterone just sweating <laughs> out of his body. Holy shit. And then he had other matches too where he did some crazy shit. Now isn't
1: he the um, dad
0: of Triple H? Or do I have that wrong? A father-in-law. Father Oh, in-law. Triple H married yeah. into the family. Oh, who the hell who, well, who the, the hell was his son? Daughter. Shane, Shane McMahon. Yeah. Oh, and Stephanie McMahon was his daughter. Yeah. If okay. there's one thing that we'll, I will we'll fill you in commend... on the wrestling history. I yeah, yeah, I, with... I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Anyway,
2: <laughs> if there's one thing that I will commend Vince McMahon for, out of any of this stuff, it's not crazy, is that he will not make a performer do any stunt that he would not do himself.
0: That's true. That is now. very commendable. That's even recent. Um, I saw a clip, even though I don't watch the WWE anymore, because, again, I think they're terrible. And honestly, if you Google Vince McMahon, one of the first pictures that comes up is him with this, like, this gigantic chain around his neck at, like, age 72, and he's still just fucking yoked. Um, he's 76 now, which means around the time he was 74 or 75, it was their, their first, like, WrestleMania under COVID. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that they had Rob Gronkowski there, and he was going to jump off of this elevated platform onto a group of guys that would catch him. And Rob Gronkowski's like, man, I don't know. That sounds dangerous. So, Vince McMahon at age 74, 75 jumps off this 15 to 20 foot platform and gets caught by a bunch of people. So, Endo is bad. correct. Holy I'm shit.
2: i jump off for you. Look, Gronkowski.
0: He's bad. one of the most, like, there's so much about him where it's like you want to respect it, but at the same time, there's a lot that makes you just be like, oh, what a piece of shit. So. Yeah. One of those Coaches. Polarizing <laughs>
1: figures. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you get Here's there. the thing about Rod Brindemore. <laughs> While we were having that conversation, I was looking at the list of coaches in the NHL and saying, if I didn't have Bruce Cassidy, or if I could have any coach head, you know, be the head coach of the Bruins, who would I want it to be? Rod Brindemore might be at the top of that list. Like, man, Jared Bednar is a great coach for the Avs. I can't deny that. But at the same time, like obviously, like Barry Trotz is out there. Uh I mean I look at that list. Aside from Bruce, there it is. Uh, I look at that list, man. I, I honestly, I think you changed my mind. That it, like, if I could have any coach, it would be Rod Brindamore, and I think that's how I want to view that award. So, Ender, uh, your coach, uh, your coach of the year so far. I was going to say Bruce. Bruce him Keith, get... baby,
2: fuck. You <laughs> out <laughs> it nowhere? I came fucking nowhere. Jesus uh. Christ. I was going to say for the oh me it was going to be Bruce Brutrapper going 12-4. There you and, go. What, 12-4-0 right now? With the Canucks, yeah. <laughs> With
1: the Canucks.
2: That's commendable. <clears throat> uh, but I don't know who I would go for, like, in all honestly, I don't really pay attention to coaches and coaches-related stuff uh, as much as I probably should, considering I'm on a podcast. Uh, but I don't know who I, should, who I could go for. Am I going to be a homer and say Sheldon Keefe just because Sheldon Keefe? I mean, like, he hasn't really done a good job with managing this team, but having them lead, like, leads and stuff like that, because clearly, like, it's every time at the press conference, he just goes and says, well, like, we had a game, and, like, it didn't go that well, or, like, we, we every time we, like, blow a lead, it's like, yeah, we just need to get better. It's like, you can say as many words as you can, but nothing's happening. Like there's, Here's an there's
1: easy really... way you could approach it. What team do you think out there isn't a great team on its own that could be just having a really good system and finding success? Like, the Islanders were... Prior to shitting
0: the bed this
2: year, right?
0: Minnesota comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't give I can't give head coach of the year to Andy Burnett in Florida because that team was great before they fired Quinn yeah. and It's great afterwards. yes yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the, it doesn't matter who their coach is; they're on fucking no. autopilot because Zito is my uh, my uh, GM of the year award winner for the Panthers because I still think he, like the, uh, again, the, like, Sam in, like, so clear, the Sam Bennett oh, trade is clear. Yeah. The Sam Bennett trade,
1: like he's incredible. That's hard to argue with. I want to say, I know it's just of the year, so it should probably go to him. I want to say either the Ducks or LA, as hard as it is, because they've done a really, really, really good job of Mm. rebuilding
0: exceptionally well. Yeah, it really is tough with with GM of the year, right? Because it's of the year, but then it's also, it kind of feels like a legacy award where it's like, oh, well, who's... Done what? Well, because obviously it's like, okay, what additions or, or subtractions have you made to your team? Like Bill Armstrong, for the Coyotes, has a legitimate argument for GM of the year because he has continued to tear that team down into like full scorched earth rebuild to where they have three first rounders and five second rounders, and they're not even done. Yeah. So th- those awards in particular are tough. Uh, the final award that we did have was top goal scorer, which. Is interesting, <laughs> because you mentioned uh, a certain Mr. Chris Kreider earlier, who is currently tied with Leon Draisaitl both at 31 goals, Ovi's at 29, Austin Matthews at 28, by the way, Matthews has 21 goals in his last 21 games, and recently hit the 400-point mark, which is absurd. I say he And doesn't. then you have the likes of Dabrinkit on 26, Terry on 25, so... Boys, right now, if you had to say who was going to finish with the most goals, who's it going to be? Goddamn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, honestly, I think it might be Kreider. <laughs> as crazy I as it is he hasn't means. fucking stopped. He simply hasn't. Mm. I think Ovi will slow down a bit because he'll want to prepare for the playoffs, and that will mean maybe taking it a bit easy, maybe even some more maintenance days here and there. He is, what, 35? 36? Yeah. Fuck.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm. Th- it could be. Cr- I mean, here's the thing about Dreisaitl. Obviously, Dreisaitl is going to dominate, but also they now have another goal scorer. So is it going to uh-huh. be necessary for him to keep putting up those goals? Will he? I don't know. Um, I want to say I just want to say Kreider. That's what my gut's telling me. And it's like I've, I've we've been saying, OK, New York, that this this goal differential is going to come back to haunt them. It hasn't. Kreider, he's going to slow down. He hasn't. Maybe it's just something. Maybe this is Danny Heatley, and he's just going (laughs) to get 50. 50
0: 50-07. My vote is for Austin Matthews. I think at this point, he is still the best natural goal scorer in the league, with Ovi's kind of declining a little bit to where he was. uh, You could even say at his peak as if he's even declined, but Austin Matthews is just, he's the guy. You know, like you have that uh, dry sidle comparison about the other people around. Not that there aren't people on the Leafs who can't score, but Matthews is the guy. Yeah, you're right. And I, I do think, I do think, I mean, he's three goals behind Kreider, and he's played eight less games. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you, put that oh, into, you put that into
1: account. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't blame you for making that selection. That's the smart selection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Damn, he really came out. Yeah, I, he was slow. Coming out of the gates. Yeah. I didn't realize he'd been mm-hmm. doing that good. There you go.
2: Yeah, it's common for Leaf players that just kind of slow down out of nowhere and just pick it up right after. Like, Mitch Marner is getting back on the board now. And um, I would say for my pick would either be Chris Kreider or it would be Austin Matthews. Uh Chris Kreider is an absolute power play machine. 15 out of his, what is it? Fucking hell. What is it? Uh, goals I've been in the 31.
1: Board. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Goals
2: when the yeah, it's more than
1: half, dude.
2: Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And people
1: give McDavid and Sidle shit.
2: <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Well, I mean, Dry Dry has the most game-winning goals uh, with eight of the league, and Troy terry's there was seven. Uh, but I think it think it's gonna be either Austin or uh, Chris Kreider. If Kreider slows down a little bit, even just a little bit, he's gonna get passed by by yeah. everyone else. But I think it's gonna be Austin with getting it for sure.
0: The final thing that we wanted to talk about today was kind of mixing in some of the playoff talk that we have. Again, looking at the at the standings at the beginning of the month. And we might go through this relatively quickly. We'll see. Uh, time-wise today, we'll see what happens. In the Eastern Conference, if the season were to end today... Granted, not everyone's played the same amount of games, so we're going off of point percentage. And initially, I had saw, uh, seen this on Reddit where someone did it, okay, now that everyone's played 40 games. But right now, if the season were to end today, the Carolina Hurricanes would play the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. I, <laughs> I'd i love to say the Bruins would win that, because they've had Carolina's number. I, I honestly think Carolina would win that matchup.
1: Yeah, you, you don't have the
0: depth. That's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. I'm just like, say let's that. be honest Seven too. Game like, Carolina, too. Carolina being able to bring in some you know, being able to bring in D'Angelo. And for the most part, he's ha- he's sh- he's he has done the shut up and dribble thing, <laughs> um, which you know, hey, except for him being like, I don't like how the Rangers did that. It's like nobody gives a fuck about your opinions, Tony. Sorry, <laughs> just you're a dickhead. It's not so much what your political viewpoints are. You're a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, But good for you. You're still good at hockey. Well, Imagine that. You get chances because you're good at hockey. Carolina would win that, though. I don't think there's any disagreement there from the three of us. No. It's, yeah. It's hard to
1: see them losing in the first round. Though it has been done by really good teams. Sharks. (sighs) Leafs. (laughs) Yeah, well, see, I I was tripping my own
0: team right there. I know. (laughs) Endo suffered enough. It's true. Uh, The New York Rangers would play the Pittsburgh Penguins in a series that I desperately want to see. Because it's almost like the battle of, like, okay, who isn't legit? Yes, yeah. Like, would the Rangers' lack of depth come back to haunt them? Like, how many injuries would the Penguins have? Because they always have, like, half their team out, like, at all times. But Tristan Jari's been great this year, too. I would have to side with the... I'd have to side with the Rangers, because I do think Shesterkin... Can... Yeah, Shestirkin would care. Yeah, I trust... Yeah. It, it comes down to goaltending for me, and I trust Shestirkin more than I trust uh, Tristan Jari for the Penguins.
2: Okay.
1: I would go with the Penguins, because I Thank trust you. in Sidney Crosby. That was why I was so... <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, but here's the thing. like I, And this kind of harkens back a little bit to the Tom Brady thing. I didn't... I spent a lot of time trying to hate these players because they're so good Mm. and they would, you know, screw things up. Like for a while, you know, there's the Criesby stuff. Didn't want to like him because of that. Then I started to grow on me and then he broke my heart in 2016 and I was a little sour on him Mm -hmm. for a while. Tom Brady. It's because he's Tom Brady and he seemed to just, you know, but at the end of the day, dude, like, holy, you got, you have to, in my opinion, respect him and you got to kind of put all that your own, personal crap aside and like dude crosby's really really he's still really good and i think he's at his most dangerous now that people aren't paying attention to him as much that's fair
0: endo rangers penguins who do you got i'm gonna go
2: penguins uh i don't know i feel like i feel like Pens have got it
1: they got I, tristan I just don't jari like... too baby
2: yeah <laughs> it's we're gonna be a redemption for jari for sure after um Glove hand malfunctions uh, over the playoff over his playoff experience. Just
1: stay in uh, your net, buddy. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Just 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 keep it simple. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid.
0: Now before <laughs> before we. Uh, Mention what this other matchup would be. I want to shout out the Capitals announced today, uh, and of course, February 1st, it is Black History Month. They announced today a permanent black hockey history display will be put up at Capital One Arena, uh, devoted to the organization's black history and players, of course. And they have some great moments. I mean, Jesus, Joel Ward, like, even in recent memory, like, Joel Ward was so good for them. Devontae Smith-Pelly is forever a Caps legend, like... Shows up, dominates in the playoffs, goes back to the KHL, essentially. like Honestly, just bravo to the Caps for this move. I mean, yes. again, obviously you'll have some people who are negative on it because people are bound to be negative and stupid, but good on the Washington Capitals here. Brashear, they had Brashear for a long time, and that was at a
1: time when, you know, the enforcer was still in. He was one of those big names at you. Know, um, I like, the thing I like, it's permanent. Mm-hmm. We need more of this. It needs to be permanent. It's not just for a fucking month, yo. Like pe- black people yeah. exist all twelve months out of the year, and they've hey, done so. great things in all hey, twelve. So. Months. You're welcome, Endo. I'm glad I could <laughs> no. validate you with my with my whiteness over here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: not what it meant.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I'm. I'm uh,
2: I love it. Keep it coming, baby. Uh,
1: so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. I. I. This is. This is big. This is what needs to happen. If uh, here's my thing, if you don't want to see a black history month, then teach it all, all 12 months.
2: Bam. And right. Fix, th-
1: the, fix the history books because, Oh boy, if you only <laughs> there's a lot that's not in there.
0: Motherfuckers. Oh
2: yeah. There's a lot.
0: Sin just with the heavy hits here. I love it. <laughs> like- uh, again, I brought up the caps because if the season were to end today day off a of points percentage, they would play the Florida Panthers. Panthers win that series. Yes. <laughs> They have yeah. to. <laughs> and then the lightning would play the Maple Leafs. Uh-huh. I think the <laughs> silence speaks <laughs> volumes. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was think gonna the, the silence
1: speaks volumes. I was going to
2: cause property damage, but I figured, you know what? like
1: At least it's not reality okay. right now. That's, yeah, this, this yeah. play
0: format sucks. Look at my hat. Mm-hmm. Again, these are two teams that would likely finish with over 100 points on the season having to meet in round one. Playoff format is trash. Yeah, I don't... Absolute trash.
1: Yeah, I I still don't know. I mean, I understand their reasoning for why they fixed it, but it doesn't make sense now in practice. In in theory, it sounded good. I'm not going to lie. When they first Mm. mentioned it, like, oh, cool, yeah, more rivalries. You get to see those rivalries, but it's also like, you're also trying to force the issue on them, you know? Like... Mm. Let them, like, let them meet up when the stakes are higher. Why do they got to meet up in the first round to
0: be a rivalry, right? Like, let them meet up
1: when the stakes are even higher.
0: If, essentially, it avoids any um, naturally, like, developed rivalries, like Leafs and Islanders. Or, again, like, five years ago when it was, like, you had Matt Martin, I think, or maybe it was even David Clarkson getting under the skin of the Canucks, and there was a big thing between them. Obviously, they can't meet in the finals or until the finals, but probably can't meet in the finals either. Uh, (laughs) It's just that thing of like these naturally developed rivalries that happen throughout the course of a season and you're just not likely to see it in the playoffs because of this format. So in terms of this, obviously I think you'd you'd, you'd go with the lightning just off of their experience. But that's not to say that the Leafs would get blown out of the water in this series. But at the same time, I think, you know, we've seen from Leafs fans and their assessment of this season that we've seen, uh, certain issues sneaking into their game. Maybe Tampa has those same issues. They just don't get talked about as much because they've won. Yeah, and because they're not, you know, in a major
1: hockey market and they're not the the go-to for Sportsnet when they want ratings or for TSN, which is literally in mm. Toronto. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it. I want to say the Leafs because I, I want to see them pass the first round. I think it'd be great, but they got a lot to fucking figure out. Like and it really has to do with i think team mentality and they're kind of stuck in a rut like that cuz they almost have, are stuck in this like not a loser's mentality but they've lost so much they don't even know what winning is like well, like what does it take to win they don't really know they've brought they've tried everything they've brought in people who who know a little bit they, but i will say it's not the same Tampa team as the previous two years and that's your
0: sliver of hope if that comes to pass which it might for the non-playoff teams, really quickly, I want to mention it's Detroit and the New York Islanders that are the closest, but still probably far out. For the Islanders as well, I wanted to mention uh, Zdeno Chara declined an invitation to the All-Star game to take part in the Hardest Shot competition, uh, which is kind of disappointing, but I don't blame him at the same time. Uh, he also now, I believe, becomes the oldest pro athlete in North America, now that Tom Brady has retired. Um, and speaking of the skills comp, uh, the NHL has revealed two outdoor competitions for the, uh, for, for Vegas, the NHL fountain face-off, which this? will take place at the Bellagio Fountains and the Las Vegas NHL 21 in 22, which will shut down part of Las Vegas Boulevard, which is essentially them playing blackjack by shooting the puck at a board.
2: And I think the
0: best <laughs> I like that the they're pass. embracing the Vegas theme personally. I think the yeah. best part
2: about it though is if you win, you get, you're called like, um, what is it? Shark pick or whatever. I'm like, is that a shot of the Vanderkane? Shark. Versus pick? time through. Yeah. If you if you win the blackjack, you're called like the shark pick or whatever.
1: Huh. I don't know. I don't know too many gambling terms. Of, I've I, never gambled in my yeah. life.
2: 2022. There you go. Uh, for good reason.
1: Uh, so how are they going to do shot. it if they're at the fountains? It's not going to be on ice. No, they're going to be
0: outdoors, probably like uh, just you Shootin know fake stuff. ice. Oh, yeah. there you go. Probably you fake go. ice on the ground to at least be able to shoot the yeah, puck properly. Yeah. I, was, I was like, yeah, we have all that shit. Why didn't they do that in Tahoe? Synthetic is the word I'm looking for. God, I, I'm I hate like, synthetic there
2: we go. ice. Don't even get me started on synthetic
0: Oh, is it so. bad? Okay, I won't.
2: Well, um. <laughs> no, so like as a goalie... <laughs> Here we go. It's, shit. it's the word the slide. On, because it's not real ice. No, oh, it's as a goaltender. The, you can't mimic the exact feeling and sliding motions on that, and which is why I got into a big rant about... EANHL, yeah, really quickly AHL and how their mapping stuff is done on synthetic guys, so that's where the goalies feel like shit. End of Ooh. story. Okay.
1: Alright. Yeah. Short and concise, appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Also want to shout out because we're not doing our day by day here uh, did you guys see that goal from the Blue Jackets intermission from one of the Junior Jackets he did the, the oh, Wallstrom yeah. move where he's skating towards the goalie, picks up the puck and does the spin around to dump it in
1: mm-hmm.
0: No. If you haven't seen that highlight check it out hmm. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers finally won after losing 13 in a row. Good job, boys. where they be? It go. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of care just because I want to I wanna laugh at them. <laughs> All right, let's see. I completely forget who the hell they beat. I'll look this up. And also, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, just a couple of, of quick things here. Uh, shout out to Zach Cassian uh, when they played the Oilers. Uh, he ran into their goaltender and the Habs did fucking nothing. Because that team has completely quit. Like, they are in autopilot for the rest of the season. It was the LA Kings in overtime, by the way. So there you go. So, and even better for the Flyers. Um, and now you have uh, fans going after Jeff Petrie's wife Why? on Instagram. Excuse Why? me? Uh, because Jeff Petrie's requested a trade and is half-assing it uh, at this point of the season. And Dude, I-, I hate people who go after family, man. That fucking pisses mm-hmm. me off. To
1: no
2: end.
0: No end. Uh, Nick Suzuki is the only Habs player to play in every single game this year. 43 out of 43. Uh, That is how injured and roughed up they've been. Uh, Just a brutal, brutal season for the Habs. (laughs) Absolutely awful. Uh, The Western Conference, to run through this really quickly, too. If the season... Uh, were to end today, the Avalanche would play the Calgary Flames in the first round. The Avs finished January with a record of 15 0 1, tying the NHL record for most points in a month with 31 points. Uh, meanwhile, for the Flames, Markstrom shut out the Canucks for his seventh shutout of the season. Colorado wins this series, though. Yeah. Probably. That would be. But I like an that Markstrom shut out the Canucks. That's great. <laughs> that he did. Uh the Nashville Predators have played the Minnesota Wild. Uh, for Minnesota they just resigned Jordan Greenway. I think it's 3 by 3. I mean, he is on a line that I don't believe still to this day have allowed a goal against this season when they've been on the ice. Wow. wow. Like 5 on 5, that's yeah. impressive. If I'm not mistaken, he is a part of that particular line and Wild fans if I got that it's incorrect, be I am a wrong. gritty the- ass series. The line. Uh, I don't think duhame has been there all season, but right now he's on a line with Ericsson and Duhame so maybe that is the case. Um, Nat, Nashville versus Minnesota, though that's a that's a tough one to pick. Yeah, I'd say Minnesota's the better team, but you see, sorrow. I know a that's ex- effect, yeah. you know that's oh exactly boy. the thing.
2: A short king. <sighs>
0: <laughs> I would go with Minnesota because Nashville, at least a couple of years ago, if not five years ago now, got the taste of playoff success that Minnesota still really hasn't had now in almost 20 years since they upset Patrick Waugh on the Avalanche way back when. Yeah. So I'd go with Minnesota in that series. They do have Kaprizov, but he's kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say oh, he's, out of favor, he's but he's crushing it stat wise. Yeah, no, he's I know. It's up just, there.
1: he bounced back. No one's talking about him anymore. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy That's how true. quickly the narrative can shift in the NHL. And that, going back to what the hell homeboy Alex Daigle asked earlier, that's also why you think they're not doing
0: so good because people aren't talking about them all crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights would play the St. Louis Blues. Uh, for Vegas as well, they just re signed Braden McNabb, Leafs legend Michael Lamadio, and Coley Logan Thompson. Can they both lose the please? Because <sighs> they both lose, everyone else wins. It's great. Well, here's the problem Vegas wins this series because Jack Eichel will be ready. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, that's right, I forgot yeah. forgot
2: about Flocking Jack because no one's talking so
0: about So Vegas him. totally wins Tap that.
2: Cap circumvention. There
0: you it's go. true. Beautiful. And then if the season were to end today, Anaheim would play Los Angeles. Ooh. Who the hell saw that coming that's for the rad. Pacific Division? That's
1: fucking rad. I would love that series just to watch. It's like watching two of your enemies beat each other to death. I do think the Kings would win it. Yeah, they, they're, they're more complete
0: team than Anaheim. Yeah. They Gibson, Anaheim They Anaheim do have Gibson.
1: Has, have Gibson.
0: <laughs> it's true. They're very they're very closely matched, in my yeah. opinion. I would go with LA personally, yeah. but that by- would be really fun to watch. Byfield is gonna prove that he's a playoff player because in my opinion,
1: he's like in the way the playoffs are played, he's gonna be such a sick player performance. Then you also have Kopitar and you have other guys who have been there won it and are still really good. Dowdy would probably hmm. be back by then. Is he back already? I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. true, Dowdy. I
0: I try To avoid thinking about that man as much as possible, and then for the teams on the outs, uh, the Oilers top team on the outs right now. Uh, Vander Kane obviously scored his first goal deflection uh, for the team, didn't count. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, then Winnipeg, then San Jose, who, uh, by the way, Sin, just played Joe Thornton for the first time in 18 years because <laughs> the Sharks played the Panthers, but they played the wow. Leafs, yeah. But the Le- when he was on the Leafs, there was the bubble,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. my god.
0: That's how fucked it, that's yeah. how fucked
2: everything has been for the past year and a half, not two, three. Uh-huh. Years. But yeah, we <laughs> played more. I so would, Oh flies. yeah.
1: I went to the game when Marlo came back to the tank for the first time. That was electric. Mm. Holy crap. Um uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah.
0: I'm glad they dressed him. Mm. Yeah, that, was, that, would, that those, was it was a nice touch. You got that picture with Brent Burns yeah, and that made it my really heart nice. so happy. <laughs> and then we lost in overtime, blew like a two goal lead because Sharks hockey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the final thing that we forgot to mention on one of the last shows that had kind of broken during one of the other shows I'm like yeah we'll talk about it next time and then obviously stuff happened uh, for the Vancouver Canucks one of the teams on the outs right now uh, they did hire Patrick Alvan Alvin? I don't know because he's Swedish Alvin! I think he's the first <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the first Swedish NHL GM because of course the Canucks with the Sedin lineage yeah. uh, hired a Swedish GM but uh, the word was 47 years old, has already been a pro scout for 20 of those years, Uh 14 years with the Pittsburgh Penguins, a few of them as director of amateur scouting and assistant GM, Uh, knows Jim Rutherford very, very well. And again, people are like, Jim Rutherford, what does he have to do with this again? uh, Reminder that Jim Rutherford is the president of hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks. That is where he went after leaving the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, Jim Rutherford brings in someone that he is very experienced in working with as the GM of the Canucks. Very similar, I think, to what we saw in Montreal, uh, where, of course, they bring in a former player agent that Jeff Gorton's worked with very uh, consistently. So, at least for the likes of the Habs and the Canucks, you have these leadership groups that, you know, for the most part, there should be, I don't want to say uniformity, but they should be on the same path. You shouldn't run into those situations that other teams have run into where you have management butting heads on what direction to go. And that is very, very good news yeah. for them. They're not going to be a playoff team this year, though. I'm sorry. Nope. Well, Pacific, but yeah, probably not. They're <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but the future
1: for them with Bruce, things could be looking pretty good. Good for the Canucks. They've needed to do this for much, much longer. Unfortunately, they let Jim Benning fuck things up just a little bit more with making the uh-huh. trade that he made. I still feel like that was really, really bad and it hamstrings him for years. But I still don't get it. You trade expiring contracts for a guy who had completely fallen off and had so much term left. I,
0: In the form of Oliver Ekman Larson, which is how we will end this show by asking you both... How many points does Oliver ekman Larson have this season? 15. This this is a defenseman whose cap hit counts for 7-2-6. I'm, I'm, I'm being generous. 27. 7-2-6 until 2027. Right now, he is listed on their top defense pair with Tyler Myers. Has a full no-movement clause, I believe, still at this point. Has a career high in points of 55 Back in the 15-16 season, of course, with the Coyotes. How many points does Oliver ekman Larson have? 12. And Mills. 8. <sighs> thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the Tookie's Take podcast. We do appreciate it. Again, a big shout-out to our friends at Manscaped and at Thrive Fantasy. Of course, if you uh, watch on the YouTube side of things, hey, we thank you. Make sure to subscribe. And if you don't watch, hey, subscribe to that channel anyway. And, of course... You know, we're we're everywhere podcasts happen to be. We will be back this Friday with more hockey. Let us know, by the way. Get in touch. I want to know what people's thoughts are on the awards at this point. As again, we are already in February. January 2022 is gone. What the hell? (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. You can catch Endo on Twitter and on Twitch at Endo Mills. Sin on the YouTube side of things at Sin for the Win Productions. And of course, you can catch Sin and I every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Twitch.tv forward slash sportsgamer.gg covering. Some top notch elite level sixes esports for NHL 22. You never know what glitches are going to happen during the broadcast in terms of gameplay as well. So you want to tune in for those reasons, to say the least. Again, we'll see you all this Friday. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll catch you next time.